send in the clowns. Those daffy, laffy clowns. Send in those soulful and doleful schmoats by the bowlful clowns. Send in the clowns. Welcome to Four Figure Discount, proudly brought to you by the Simpsons Quotes and nobody gets any more Facebook page, nohomers.net and popculture.com.au. I am Dando. I am Mitch. Today we're here to review Krusty Gets Cancelled, the finale of season four. And what a way to go out. It is a great episode. I don't think I found it as funny as Homer at the Bat. Yep. But I still really did enjoy it. They were going for the same thing, obviously, celebrities instead of baseball players. Just load the episode with as much as they can, yeah. Because they had a lot of people on their to-do list. Just want to get them all out of the way. Apparently, a lot of them cancelled at the last minute. And it really threw the episode into disarray. They had to do a lot of script changes. Which is why I feel like... Because in that final shot where um, Carson's balancing Mm. on his head, there isn't, isn't that many actual guest stars in the episode. There's a few, but there isn't that many. Compared to like Homer well, at the Bat. Not compared to Homer at the Bat, but they're also much... Bigger names. Bigger celebrities than baseball players. Yeah. But I mean, Krusty, what, he comes back because he gets three guest stars on his show. Or four guest stars. Or three guest stars and a musical act. Pretty big stars. Given that he never yeah. has... Like, he <laughs> never has anybody. That is true. Goes from Sideshow Mel to Bette Midler. Yeah. That's a fair jump. <laughs> What did you think of the episode anyway? Um, you obviously really enjoyed it. I, I did really I, enjoy it. You know, I've, I actually, I was listening back to a couple of our episodes of recent times and I've realised something about the where we're at at the episodes that I feel like my our reviews have turned a little bit too much into just this happened and that happened. Yes, so, I felt that as well. So, listeners and yourself, Dando, I analysed the fuck out of this. Good. Uh, and <laughs> I'm going to start doing this for every episode. What did the episode do well? What could the episode have improved upon? Ah, I like it. So... Uh, in, in answer to your question, what do I, what did I think well, about can, the episode? Can I ask it and then you can say it? So what is it? What, sure. Yeah. What did it do well? So, Mitch, uh, what did the episode uh, do well? What the episode did really well, Dando, <laughs> thank you for asking, is it... Okay, firstly, it, it picked up on the kind of genius marketing ploy of less is more. The whole Gabbo is coming. No one has any idea what Gabbo is. A great teaser, and wasn't everyone it? everyone goes to watch it. And, I mean, I, I feel like movies have gone so far in the opposite direction, but the the ones that I remember enjoying the most are the ones that stay true to not letting you know what's going on. And people like Chris Nolan and JJ Abrams, they're the ones that really understand a kind of viral marketing campaign. Like the campaign for Cloverfield. You don't know what the fuck that movie was nope. about. You just know that the Statue of Liberty's head was rolling down the middle of a New York street and you wanted to see how the hell that happened. Yes. That was the only thing that mattered. Um, so, and I don't know how much... I've just realized then I've said the words viral marketing campaign. Viral, viral, viral. Before before viral was even a word in that that context. So, you know, kind of really prescient um, scripting in that early part of the episode. What annoys me too is particularly with monster movies now or things where it's like a creature, 
They uh, show you the creature yeah. in the trailer. Yeah. The whole part of wanting to go to the movies and wanting to see what the, mo- the monster looked like. Yeah. And then you get like weird dweeby people, or not weird dweeby people, but whiny people when they complain that you don't see enough of the monster. Like Godzilla, the most recent Godzilla movie. Like, the called of Godzilla. He's only in it for seven minutes. You only see Jaws like four fucking times in yeah. all of Jaws. Sometimes it's like it's the anticipation is the best part. I really enjoyed seeing Krusty as a fish out of water. Like once he'd lost his celebrity life. We've seen Krusty kind of be... In prison before and in prison, but like an, an extended look at him trying to audition for Melrose Place because like his first thought was, well, I'm an entertainer, I better do something in the entertainment yeah. industry. But he can't act, so then we see him at the track and he can't. We already know that he can't gamble, <laughs> so it was kind of cool to see that. And I really liked as well the kind of comment on the disposable nature of fame, just how quickly Krusty is forgotten and. Even he comments on that. Yeah. 35 years in the industry and no one even remembers me. Just like that guy. What's his name? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What now? Maybe you've got another question for me, Dando, about what the, perhaps the episode could what, have done. Well, what, what, what could this episode improved on? That's the question I wanted to ask you. Oh, interesting question. <laughs> uh, I feel that the reveal of Gabbo, I just spoke about the viral marketing campaign. It happened too quick. Yeah. Like we see Springfield, a few Springfieldians getting excited about it, but we didn't get a chance to get excited about it. And then I also feel like there wasn't quite enough of Gabbo in the episode for us to really get that feel of how much he's blowing Krusty out of the water. Overall, I was actually thinking that this episode would have served, would have much been better served as being an hour long um, or, you know, TV hour, even 45 minutes would have been enough to let the let us go on that same arc that all of the other people have gone on within the show. Because I don't understand, see, Gabbo never actually, you never actually saw one celebrity on the Gabbo show. Yeah, I know, but that wasn't so much about celebrities. It was just about well, him. I thought he was stealing all the things from Krusty. I was stealing his bits, stealing Itchy and Scratchy. And everyone wants to be on Gabbo's show now, not not Krusty's. Everyone wants to watch Gabbo's show. Okay, Again, it was yeah. never about guests. It was just about he was fresh and he was funnier and he was doing things that Krusty couldn't do. Being Bart Simpson. Pretty much, yeah. Can, can I ask? And I still don't quite understand. Is Gabbo meant to be a person or a puppet? Because it was doing shit that a puppet... Uh, is it meant to just be out well, of that realm of possibility because it's a cartoon? It's a, it's a puppet, and then it's just funny that you see the puppet smoking at some point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but without the puppeteer near him. Yeah. And it's sort of... I was like, oh, I don't know what... what is this supposed to be? Because it has has that, he ever been to a Strasman show? Yeah. Yeah, he can get... Yeah, like, this is 1993. <laughs> I think Strasman's been doing the same material since 1993. Yeah, I guess. So, the, the part where he calls the kids SOBs, are we supposed to just sort of assume that that's just the comedian having fun? Yeah. 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 Just bantering. But okay. I like that as far as the media is concerned, it's still Gabbo. Yeah. <laughs> no, the guy doesn't get in trouble. Gabbo yeah. gets in trouble. It's great. So, were they the only two new segments we have for the show? I like them. I'd hardly, well, yeah, I don't, we can call it a segment, I suppose. But yes, that's that's what I'm going to bring to each review from now. I'm glad you noticed as well because the last episode only went for about 35, 40 minutes and I thought, yeah, we're not really critiquing these anymore. Yeah. We're just saying this happened and yeah, yeah that's that because happened and that was funny and yeah, I had good Lionel Hutz. It's, and it's only going to get worse as it goes on for the most part because the... With each season, it becomes less and less about the core emotional story of the episode and more and more about how many jokes they pile The wackiness. And particularly seasons five, six, and seven, they have that many jokes per minute. And I can't wait to get to them, but we couldn't just sit here and go, that was funny, this was funny, that was funny, and oh, that was funny too. We actually didn't see it. We thought it was going to be better once we get to these ones or easier once we get to these episodes. It's actually going to be more difficult. I Yeah, in a lot of ways, the, the episodes that are less hilarious are easier to talk about. Yeah, and I think, for me, I don't want to critique the good episodes because I feel like I'm just going to be looking for negatives that probably uh, aren't even there. Well, it's a good thing that I've got what could be improved because <laughs> I'm happy to take down the big beasts. <laughs> anyway, so, by the way, too, 
Patreon, we mention this every single week. We haven't done any shout-outs since we've been back. If you're a $5 plus patron patron mm-hmm. of Four Finger Discount, you get your name read out in the show. Do they get their name read out before or after the $75 supporters? Oh, should we go before 75 or after? I think we should go after. So okay. $75 pledges yeah. go first. So you go first. Travel with Steph. Travel with Steph is a travel blog. Uh, Steph was you know kind enough to support us on the show and we're being kind enough to support him back. So if you are out and about and you're looking at traveling, mostly from what I've seen around Europe or the United States, but you know realistically, anywhere that you've got questions about travel, you can head to Travel with Steph. It's at Travel with Steph, S-T-E-F, on Instagram. And then there's a link to his blog there. So uh, information about where to stay, where to eat, what to do, all, all of the sort of stuff that you need to know when you're traveling. And what I like is that it's sometimes with corporate travel blogs, it's a little bit too stale or like it feels like everything's written at arm's length whereas you know he's actually out there on the ground experiencing it and writing about it from his point of view so it kind of feels more like a friend recommending where you should go i think he's in dubai at the moment because i went on his page before and it looks like he's just taking a picture of the burj khalifa covered in sand yeah just covered in sand (laughs) Uh, also we have a new 75 dollar pledge this week another podcast which is also they're also on patreon as Mm. well so support them as well they're called everything i learned from movies podcast so you can find them at eilfm.podbean.com. It's Steve and Izzy, who I believe are married. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty, pretty certain they're married. So basically what they do is every podcast, they watch one of their favorite movies. <laughs> is, that, is that what gave it away? They watch one of their favorite movies. Where's my movies. microphone? Where you fucking left it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, whoa, you throw me. Okay, Sorry. so what, They what watch a, their favorite movies. I looked at one of their episodes recently, and it was comparing Jaws 3D with Jaws Revenge, which one's worse. Oh, wow. And drinking beer. Yeah, okay, yeah. so you you mentioned this to me. So yes. they sample a new beer every week. I, I think they sample a new beer. So it's basically the description is, watch a new movie each week, drink some new beer each week, and then something else that's fine. I hope they do drink new beer each week and That'd you haven't cool. just picked the one episode where they happen <laughs> to say, to hey, we've tried a new beer, and you've just summed them up, but that's no, all they are. No, no, no. Oh, I know those guys. Those beers try and movie-watching bastards. If you like people who watch movies and who drink beer, these are the people for you. So yes. everything I learned from movies podcasts, eilfm.podbean.com. They're also on Patreon. Make sure you show them some support as well. Excellent. Let's stop it there and we'll come back to the $5 supporters at, later. At the end. No worries. Now, Krusty gets cancelled. Yes. You got any trivia? Yes, of course I do. Let's get into it then. Please. I've only got a couple, so. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say what my first question and my phone wasn't on the right, like it had scrolled without me realising and kind of like... Jimmy Fallon in front of an autoprompter. I was just going to say whatever was there. Uh, and I was about to ask you, what does the episode do really well? Globes, everybody! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what does the episode do well? That's my trivia question. No, uh, how many seasons has Charlie been in his square? 35? 30. 30, damn it. Close. Uh, what or Which celebrities are actually on Hollywood Squares? Can uh, you name them? Um, well, Barry White. Did I say Woody Allen? No. Or like a no, Woody Allen kind it, of His, na- his name is Wally Cox. Oh, okay. He looks like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, McBain... That's all I've got. Well, Barry White, obviously, as he yep. said. Yep. Princess Kashmir, who was oh, the first person yeah, to jump straight into there. the sexy square of Barry White. Yep. Capital City Goofball. Troy McClure is the center square. Mm-hmm. Lurleen Lumpkin. And as we said, Charlie. Oh, there's another unknown guy. I don't know what his name was. He was just a random dude. Yep. And the Charlie. Ch- Charlie, yeah. Who I think is meant to be a take on a guy that was on the show, The Real Hollywood Squares. Hollywood Squares. Where, I presumed it would have been, yeah. but I've never watched Hollywood Squares. I did like that they had the... Um, the Hollywood Squares lingo of like Rainier Wolfcastle to block. Yeah, to block, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, he, and he turned as it said his name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not to get too far ahead, but I love. I'm horrified to find out my son is a nerd. It's I am laughing already. It's not a comedy. Oh. <laughs> um, how much will Krusty pay you for watching his episode? $40. $40. Checks will not be on it. <laughs> I could have said it. 
<laughs> What's the name of Midler and Krusty's horse? Crudler. Crudler, yep. What colour were Wacker and Parasite? What colour? Red and blue? blue yeah. Red, blue, or white? Yeah, I'll go with that. They were like a maroni, brownish red, but yeah. Um, any others? That's all I've got. Who were Johnny Carson's dinner guests? Oh, no, no idea. But how great is that scene? <laughs> it was uh, Carl Sagan and from San Diego Zoo, Joan Embry. And the way he <laughs> The golf swing. <laughs> See, this episode's funny to me after I've actually done a bit of research on who Johnny Carson is and watched the dog yeah. and stuff. I'm like, even the, the mannerisms, everything yeah. is just perfect. Yeah. yeah. And my final question is, in, in order if possible, what does Luke Perry get shot through? The sandpaper uh, uh, factory? Yes. First the window. First window, yeah. The sandpaper factory. Yep. Then it's... A poo with acid? Acid. My face! My valuable, my valuable face! <laughs> and then he lands in the pillow factory. Yes, and, it and then implodes. it gets exploded. Well done. I am um, on the subject of the disposable nature of fame. Who the fuck's Luke Perry? Who? <laughs> Beverly Hills one, not a... Yeah, I know, but now. Oh, yeah, I know Who the now. fuck is Luke Perry? Who would know who he was if he was walking down the street? I saw one of the other guys. One of those shows, sort of like the I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, where they get a bunch yeah. of celebrities and like whack him in a house or whatever it is. And it was the... The dude with the really short blonde curly hair. Do you remember him off 90210? No. Not curly curly, <laughs> but it was like short like only, white I hair. I only remember Shannon Doherty. And I know. Was, right. She's a lovely lady. I met was, her last year. Did Rose McGowan ever do that show? She was on Charmed. I know she was on Charmed. I, I wonder if they followed each other. Don't. No, I don't She's probably so. too young. She, because Rose replaced somebody on Charmed. Yeah. And I think that was like her first big deal. I think she deal. replaced Shannon. Yeah, she replaced Shannon. Of course yeah. she did. Yeah, you're right. So, is that it for trivia or you got more? I'm enjoying this. No, that's it for my that's, trivia. Oh, damn it. And overall, just as a little tidbit movie reference, as much as this is not The Simpsons parodying a movie because the movie came out well after this episode, but the whole thing has a little bit of a death to smoochy vibe, mm. except not as dark, obviously. No, no. That movie... No Rob, murder plots. Robin Williams should never be in that movie. No one should have been in that movie. That's a terrible, terrible movie. Well, John Stewart. John Stewart belonged in that movie. Don't you like him? No, I do, but, you know... He fit the movie. At the same time, he's not... In Gong, like he, he's, he's not an actor, is he? he? Yeah, no, he's he's not going to be in anything nominated for an Academy Award yeah. ever. Before we get into some facts, Emmys, yes, but Academy Awards, no. Before we get into facts, favorite moment of the episode, favorite part. I'm gonna try and guess yours. I'm try, can I try and guess uh, yours first. You can try, but you won't. Okay, well, it's not sending the clowns. <laughs> no, <laughs> what is it? I do love sending the clowns. No, my favorite part. And it surprised me because it was a line that I'd completely forgotten, and it's so small, but I love the lie. You told you told our manager this place holds thirty thousand people. It does. We had thirty thousand in here last night. <laughs> she just believes it. <laughs> Straight so up. So good. <laughs> Who could argue? I know, right? Is it, look, if, if you believe your own lies, that's how con- you got to convince exactly. other people. You got to believe it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and they've got no other way of proving that he's lying. Yeah. My, I got two favorite moments. Right. I loved the so dialogue wise and animation wise. The animation of Krusty with the Carson pose while she's singing "Wind Beneath My Wings." Yeah, that was brilliant. And Perfect, just copycat of one of the finale of Carson. Uh, second last. Second last was it? Yeah. She, okay, and I loved the delivery of "Hey Mo" of Flea <laughs> from just for no reason. For just no reason. Screams out Mo. Yeah, but they're happy to be there now. The chili peppers are really good. <laughs> facts are meaningless. You can use facts to prove anything that's even remotely true. Facts, Max. Following the success of Home at the Bat, as we said, the writers wanted to try a similar guest one, guest star episode with celebrities instead of baseball players, but it proved to be quite difficult, which mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier, because people kept pulling out at the last minute, and the, the whole comeback special portion of the episode was nearly scrapped. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, what would they have gone with instead? <laughs> celebrities pulling out with the last minute is how Arnold Schwarzenegger's housemaid got a um, son. How what? <laughs> yeah, Schwarzenegger knocked up his housemaid, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. well, that was my celebrities pulling out at the last minute. That's... <laughs> 
how these things Golf happen. Golf Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one of the goals of the episode was to have an ex-president of the United States in it. They Sorry, can we do? Can we redo that joke as an um, as like a Cognac the Magnificent Johnny Carson bit? What's that? Oh, the, like, yeah, 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 yeah. So, do we know any celebrities that didn't go on to the show? Have you got any names? Well, we've got four ex-presidents that all turned it down. Okay, give me two. Okay, two of them. We've got Richard Nixon and Gerald Ford. Okay, okay. So, I'm holding the envelope to my head. Yeah. Celebrities who pulled out at the last minute. That was me yeah. ripping the envelope. Theater of the mind, people. Who'd you say? Sorry, Richard Nixon and and uh, Gerald Ford. Gerald Ford, Richard Nixon, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, hey oh. <laughs> hey oh, <laughs> there it is. Are you happy now? I so am. <laughs> so they wanted an ex president on the episode, and apparently they wrote very respectful but cute parts for each of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, all living ex presidents. Yeah. Uh, Richard Nixon, Gerald Ford, Jimmy Carter, and Ronald Reagan. He's history's greatest monster. I can understand why Jimmy Carter didn't want to do it. Yeah. It's like, you guys always <laughs> hang shit on me. Um, but they all turned him down. Only the Ronald Reagan responded with a very politely worded reply. Yeah. I mean, Reagan, you'd think, would be the most obvious. Yeah. Having had a background in celebrity. Uh, Carson recorded his lines the night after the 44th Primetime Emmy Awards. Okay. Did um, you notice that Carson didn't sound a lot like the Carson that you kind of love and know from television? Yeah, like, he sounded a little bit off, didn't he? Maybe he was tired. Maybe. Did he host the Emmys the night before? I don't know. Who knows? But it kind of I'll felt... I'll tell you. Continue talking. It felt like Kevin Spacey doing Carson sounded more like Carson doing <laughs> Carson. <laughs> more enthusiastic. Yeah. Speaking of um, Spacey, by the way, watch American Beauty finally for the first time. Oh, you've never seen that before? Oh, no. That how, is such a phenomenal movie. How great is it? How great is Kevin Spacey? We have to, I know, he's one of my, he probably is my favourite actor. He's right up there with He's, he's easily my top three. Easily. I just, and he, the more you watch, the more... Can he play more, a bad role? No. Tom, Tom Hanks is my favourite. I think Tom Hanks is my favourite. Spacey's never been bad. Ever. And he can elevate middle of the road nothing characters into something memorable and fantastic yeah. even Outbreak like he's a nothing character in Outbreak squeezed in between Rene Russo and Dustin Hoffman and Morgan Freeman and Donald Sutherland but it's Spacey that I remember the most which is the one you showed me the clip of where he dies and he, he acts so well LA Confidential okay yeah see the light go out in his eyes yes apparently it was Alan Cumming who hosted the 44th Primetime Emmy Awards hmm. I don't see him as a host I don't know who he is you know his face. Okay. He's, he's that guy who's been in... I've known him from that Romy Michelle's High School reunion. That's the oh, end of him. Okay. Anyway, so getting back to what's important. <laughs> Which is certainly not Romy and Michelle's High School <laughs> reunion. Uh, the original role for Carson, which was they pitched to him, was where he would visit the Simpsons family house and mooch off of them. Um, he felt this role was very was too degrading for him. So mm. instead, they took the opposite route and portrayed him as extremely versatile and multi-talented. Mm. As a kid, which is so much more respectful. Yeah, I know. But and a lot of the Simpsons as a kid, I didn't really like. I thought it was a bit ridiculous how he could balance things. But when you look at one, it, you understand, you understand who he is, why like he's yeah. viewed as a god. Yes, and I don't know about the current writing staff, current as in where we're at it right now at this episode, but the original writing staff and Al Jean certainly. So many of them had worked on Carson. Exactly. So it, uh, definitely Al Jean. Yeah, yeah. It feels better to to know that now and to watch them just basically on their hands and knees looking up to him. Do you reckon Carson would have remembered Gene? He would have... Uh, he, oh. he, felt, he seems like the type of person that would have remembered I who he worked know. with. I don't know how much they would have... Re- like, the writer's room on a show like that, they're not going to have that much interaction with the head I'm, of the show. I'm pretty sure, though, didn't Al Jean, like, create one of his greatest ongoing gags? Oh, I honestly don't know. Or he told him and Carson, like, I'm pretty sure... Have you, have you seen the doco on Carson? No. It's, that's really, really good. I'm pretty sure Al Jean pitched something to him and Carson... Didn't really want to do it, but then he went with it anyway, and it was, it was a real and big it worked. Hit. Yeah, yeah. I think that was just one joke. I don't think it was. Oh, a just one joke bit. was it? Okay, 
I have heard Al talk about something to do with it. Might that. have been on the Kevin Pollock's chat show you spoke about yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, Bette Midler's condition for guest starring was that the show prompted her anti-littering campaign, which they do to perfection. Oh, was that real? Okay. Yes. Yeah, so she apparently was a she was right into it. Kind of like uh, Paul McCartney wouldn't do the show unless Lisa stayed a vegetarian. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth Taylor guest starred as herself and also recorded a part as Maggie and Lisa's first word on the same day, the mm-hmm. daddy line at the end. And Luke Perry was the first guest to agree to the part. Yes, and as he would be today. And he's the only one that no one remembers now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've got no facts on Hugh Hefner. Sorry about that. <laughs> so the original air date was May 13th, 1993. Chalkboard gag, I will not charge admission to the bathroom. And the couch gag, the family steps into a net trap on the way to the couch. So it kicks off with Springfield Squares, not Hollywood Squares. Mm-hmm. saying Hollywood but Squares that would before. make sense. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, where sewage meets the sand, Springfield Beach. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just taking the piss. Lovely postcard. Slogan. They love just making Springfield seem like the worst town in the world. Yeah. But everyone seems to go there. Well, the people that live there go there. Yeah, okay. I don't know how many other people are going there. <laughs> Wolfcastle. It s- is phenomenal that Wolfcastle still kind of lives there. Stays there. Yeah. But or does he live there? He just comes comes and goes. Hugh, I like Hugh Hefner, his, his mansion is in the Shelbyville pad. Did you hear that? Yeah. Yeah. I, did, I, never, I always thought, why is Hugh Hefner living in Springfield? Yeah. Anyway. Um, the son is a nerd bit from Wolfcastle. Yes. We've already mentioned this. What else can we say? It's just great. It's Even it's it's like one. It's, it's one of those awkward interviews where the the interviewer no, hasn't done any research. Uh, oh shit! Did I say a bad one of those? Through but um, Troy Parker and Matt Stone remind me about that at the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, I love. Oh my god! I just don't, I don't even want to know. I don't think. No, you will. Well, you won't. But I need to tell the story <laughs> okay. and, and shame the ABC. That, that could be a VIP. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, it could be. Sure. Um. It, it, what I was going to say is it kind of reminded me of. Stop or my mum will shoot. Like the the film title, Help, My Son is a Nerd, is very much something that, you know, one of those like Stallone movies from that period. Don't of time. tell mum the babysitter's dead. Yeah, that's <laughs> another good one. Was that, was that Applegate? I have I no idea. I think you're seeing Applegate. It was early 90s, there. late 80s. I just handed Mitch a, a key ring. <laughs> he has, he kind of, as we're talking, gave this to me and went, You'll like this. Like just, <laughs> just with your eyes. You're like, Just take it. This is important. <laughs> Uh, it, it is Homer holding on to Krusty for dear life. A on, the, la, on, the, on the ride? Well, they're on a roller coaster, but that almost looks like it's an animation still from when they're going through the loop the loop. Bicycle, yeah. yeah. Uh, with Bort. Yes. Bort down the bottom. Bort Kieran from Universal Studios. Yeah. So there you have it. That's all I brought you back from America. <laughs> oh, did you? Is this mine? Yes, I'm, oh, I'm giving it to much. you as a gift. That's excellent. You know what would be great with that? I wasn't bragging saying, look at I've got you, Avid. I thought that's what you were doing. <laughs> no. You know what would be great with this is to get into like a who's on first style. Like you steal a bunch of these and go, excuse me, like you've stolen that. No, I haven't. It's, it's bought. <laughs> I wouldn't try that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even try it. All right, getting back. So Barry White makes another appearance. So yeah, I like that. He's, he's the, a forgotten celebrity. Do you presume that they just got him to lay down the dialogue while he was in there for the snakes? Surely, you'd, you'd like think they, so. they would have known the episode was you're, coming. You can actually is Barry White? Is it Barry White? Yeah, Barry White's listed in the guest appearances. They, mm. must, they, they wouldn't call him in again. He might have though. He seemed like he enjoyed himself the first time. It's a long way to come for one line of dialogue. <laughs> that is true, but he, I don't know. It's it's a great line though. Mm. It's it's sexy yeah. and safe <laughs> and safe. Yeah, yeah. And of course, Cashmere is the first one in there. Really, Charlie. There is not much time. I ain't going nowhere. I've been in this square pert near 30 seasons, and I ain't leaving now. Now, I've got here, his name is Cliff Arquette, who played a character called Charlie Weaver, who okay. was the guest on Hollywood Squares, 
10 years or something, like the longest right. running guest. And um, So yeah. he was a person playing a character on yes. the show. It's kind of like Dame Edna, Barry Humphreys. Yeah, right. Kind of well, I was going to say um, Ugly Dave Gray or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, by the way, something about Ray J. Johnson I've got to show you later on. Oh, okay. Terrible. Because they mentioned Ray Sex J. Sex tapes? <laughs> I presume. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I wish. So I, I think that's who they're taking off here. Because you can't see the guy's last name. It just says Charlie. They yep. refer to him as Charlie. So obviously it must be that, I'm assuming. Homer and Bart both laugh at Charlie getting taken away by the mm-hmm. tidal wave. He's dead now. Yeah, I love Bit that. Bit of an odd line, but yeah. Well, it's yeah, just hilarious that this horrible thing's happened, but because they're in comedy mode, it's just, oh well. Yeah, it's funny. That's the end of Charlie. <laughs> Obviously, uh, Springfield Square's live. Mm, yeah, clearly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not edited out. Or, or just really unscrupulous director. Yeah. An editor who went, oh well, put it yeah, on. It'll do. We need to fill an extra two We've minutes. got nothing else for this half hour yeah, this yeah. week. Then we get the first tease for Gabbo. This is a great line from Homer. Gabbo! Gabbo! Did you see that? Yeah. What's Gabbo? I figure it's some guy's name. Some guy named Gabbo. It's the perfect line from Homer. It's exactly what he would say. He, he's, he's acting like he's explaining something and sounding right. Yeah. But really what he says makes absolutely no sense at all. We then get Burns driving, right? Uh, is that the next bit? Like, we kind of get the, the montage of people in not, Springfield? Not, not quite. Before that, we have Homer trying to read the <laughs> Gabo in the newspaper. Reading that's it right. sideways, that might make it make more sense. Yes, yeah, sorry, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I get there. I'm going to use all the power in my brain. This is probably my least favourite inner brain moment of Homer. The donkey the with donkey. flies. I'm waiting for the... What's that one Is from? that the one with the monkey? Is there one where there's like oh, the a monkey? monkey with the yeah. the things. That's funny too. Yeah. But I, I just like the, it's like an old-fashioned 50s cartoon. And then it cuts back to Homer going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I don't. I, I know what you mean, but I don't remember what episode it's. No, it's either. hard to pinpoint when they're those little yeah, random exactly, things. Exactly. Yeah. So then we get to the townspeople being excited for Gabbo. Yes, and one of those being Burns. Th- this is a joke that I didn't understand for a really, 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 really long time. Of Burns going, oh look, Smithers, Garbo is coming. As a kid, I just thought like, Burns is mispronouncing the name. He's out of the loop, and that was what the joke was. But then. He does that like little lick and shine the forehead like he's trying to make himself look good. And it wasn't until probably the, a year and a half ago when I realized that he, that was in reference to Greta Garbo, the kind of like 1920s, 1930s film actress. Um, I didn't even know that quite either. Quite the looker for her day. Really? Yeah. I just thought he was being posh. Yeah, no, Garbo. he was being all, ooh, Greta Garbo is coming to town. I better be looking ah, my best. That's cool. And it's another one of those Burns making ridiculously out-of-time references. Which actually makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Much more than Burns just mispronouncing a word. I love that one that we discovered. You looked it up, the boxing match from the... Oh, yeah. That was like one of the first ever boxing matches of all time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. From like 1880-something. Because the puppeteer of Gabbo actually refers to him as Gabbo as well. I thought maybe it was just the posh way of saying Gabbo. Did he? Yeah, when when he's trying to tell Gabbo to be quiet. Uh, okay. Oh, Gabbo, I wish you wouldn't say that. He says Gabbo. Yeah, right. Yeah. I didn't spot that. But it's just, as we said, just a great teaser campaign. I wish yeah. people would do it more often now. I, mm. I go to the movies now to Nicola and I'll say, why yeah. do I even need to pay to go watch you this see the now? movie I've in the trailer? The fucking, I've seen the whole movie now. I can, yeah. I said, I can watch this, especially if it's like a, um, like a rom-com. Yeah. You know exactly what's going you know to happen anyway in a rom-com, but you, you watch the yeah. trailer and you're like, okay, so she, they have a fight there and then they get back together at the end. Like You just see the entire movie. I'll give you one from a movie you love. Trainwreck. It's not, oh, not a movie I love. No, no, I hate that movie. But you can, in the whole no. trailer, you can tell the movie. Yeah, no, I was going to say, from a movie you yeah. love, the Star Wars with Rey, um, what was that one called? Force Awakens. Force Awakens. I don't love it as much anymore. Didn't need to show the Millennium Falcon in the no, trailer. No, fuck. I was you so know what fucking it, annoyed when they did that. You know, all they needed was have a separate 
teaser trailer or something like that where it's the Millennium Falcon covered in tarp, sitting in a junkyard, and, and maybe the wind it. blows up, and you just see the tiniest little bit of either the cockpit or of, like, the um, fucking jet blaster, whatever you call them, at the back. Like, just enough that every fan in the world would have gone, oh, holy it's, fuck, it's, it's going to be in Falcon. It. But don't show them its greatest action sequence in the trailer f- nine months before the movie comes out, because when I go to watch the movie, and I'm not as big on Star Wars as other people, I sit there going, oh, well, fuck, I saw that nine months ago. What, what have I paid my... 15 bucks for now. Because I was saying to Nicola, I can't wait for the moment where you first, because you knew the Millennium Falcon was going to be in it. Yeah. I can't wait for that moment when they first reveal it. It's gonna, and everyone in the cinema is just going to go batshit crazy. And I watched the trailer and I was like, oh, well, that's just ruined it for me. Yeah. Oh, anyway, uh, that movie is slowly, I don't dislike it, but the longer it goes on, the less I'm liking it. Okay. I don't know. I feel like it's just, I'm starting to move towards your mentality of it now that it was just a new hope. Yeah. Again, like Again. A, a rehashed a new hope, which is. Yeah, like I feel like it was a good introduction to the series for people that have never seen it before. But as I said, me as just a movie fan more so than just the, like then a Star Wars fan, for me I was like, well, you know, it was fine. It wasn't a bad movie by any stretch, but I also didn't see anything that I haven't seen in a movie before. Yeah, exactly. So, moving along, and the family are watching the debut of Gabo. Which we said came along which quite quickly. Which cannot be... It did come too quickly, as I mentioned before, but um, the same cannot be said for Gabo. I saw a whole bunch of things that I have not seen before in that little 30 seconds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> including F-14 Tomcats flying inside a television studio. <laughs> the, the, the jets, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous, but I think they're just trying to take the piss out of it. Yeah. That it's just it's so over the Such top. Such a spectacle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How good is the song, though? You're gonna love him. Yeah. <laughs> so, I loved it. I thought it was so great. And then he pretty much they've realised that he's going to be competition for Krusty because he announces he starts at the gonna same be time. Going to be on four o'clock. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I just had a flashback to like an attempted Gabo that didn't work. David Tench. Oh yeah. Did you see that? In that was album? um. What's this his is, name? What's his D- Denton? He did the voice of that. Who did? Andrew Denton did the voice. Andrew Denton was yeah. Well, the, there you the go. computerized. Yeah, yeah. That was Andrew yeah, Denton. Right. I didn't know that. So David Tench. I love David Tench, but it did not take off no. by any means. But it was a talk show hosted by a CGI animated in real time um, I don't think it was live but yeah hosted by an animated host have you been to uh, Disney World mm. there's a like the, the Laugh Factory with the Monsters Inc characters yeah and it's there's an audience there watching a cinema screen and there's obviously people somewhere interacting yep. as, as my like that exactly the same thing yeah, okay. interacting live with the people in the audience yeah, yeah. So anyway sorry th- just a little random pop up that came into my head I'm surprised you didn't know that was Andrew Denton that's the kind of shit you just know anyway. Normally it is. I'm going to look it up just to make sure I'm right because I'll look like a ticket <laughs> if I'm wrong. So Denton Tench. Did you, was it a good show? I never actually watched it. I liked it when it was on. I mean... was conceived by Andrew Denton and technically designed... I'm certain he was the voice. Uh, Host David Tench. Empire built on sand, this is. <laughs> it really is. Uh... Just dive, oh, no, it wasn't. dive deeper into the no, internet, it wasn't. Dan Owen. It wasn't. It was Drew Forsyth. An Australian... An Australian <laughs> Household name, Drew, For- Drew an Forsyth. An Australian actor, but it was the idea was conceived by Andrew Denton. He was the executive Half producer. Half of all of Australian television was conceived by Andrew Denton. Yeah. Anyway. And Mick Muller was the first guest. Anyway, so, Krusty isn't worried at all about Gabbo. He feels that, you know, he's just a puppet. What's he going to do? Krusty's slaughtered them all, including yeah. the Special Olympics. <laughs> Mind you, he does. It's kind of like false bravado in extent. Like, that dummy doesn't scare me as he puts out a cigarette into an ashtray full of hundreds of yeah. cigarettes. Which they... It's like, clearly he's stressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as he would be. No yeah. one like... Oh, 
competition brings out the best in you, but no one wants competition. Because if there's no competition, you can just be lazy. You can bask yeah, you in can your just, glory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ratings, he finds out the ratings that they lost to Channel Ocho, which is mm. the station that has the Bumblebee Man. Bumblebee Man. Yeah. yeah, I got to steal that bit. I got this, my whole life, I thought, I've got this wrong. I thought he said, we've lost the Channel O show. Oh, right. I, I didn't know. He didn't realize he was saying Ocho. I didn't say. I didn't realize Ocho was eight in Spanish. I had yeah. no idea. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I was just my mind was blown. I was. I looked it up and I'm trying to find a Frankyak and I'm like, why can't I find the Channel O show? Yeah. I know that's any, that's why. Other references to the Ocho, uh, dodgeball, and dodgeball was broadcast on ESPN eight. The Ocho. It was too. Yeah. yeah. Do you like that movie? I feel like it's a bit too stupid for you. No, no, that movie is absolutely in my wheelhouse. Really? Ben Stiller's best performance in a film. Like, just laugh out loud funny from start to finish. And I didn't, I didn't think you'd be a fan of Ben Stiller at all. No, I love him in that. Whenever Ben Stiller's... In, in that? In a lot of things. But whenever... Mostly, here's the rule with Ben Stiller. If he has a fake moustache on, he's going to be good. Happy Gilmore. Yes. Oh, I will put you to sleep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if he's clean shaven and kind of schlubby... Trying Not to be so the lovable much. geek. It's apart from something about Mary. So something about Mary. That's pretty funny. Yeah. 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 Is he have a mustache when he's younger in that one? A really bad one, maybe? No. He has braces. He has braces. That's what it is. Yeah. So then uh, the, the funny part, getting back to Krusty watching the uh, Bumblebee Man was that he's stealing a bit. That's a recurring gag throughout the whole episode, stealing yeah. a bit. So then Bart Milhouse and Nelson. One thing here. What's Nelson doing in the house? They can't decide when Nelson's going to be a friend or an enemy. Yeah. He's. he's why was he even there? Hmm. I'd... That was exactly what I wrote. Why yeah. is Nelson there? It makes no sense that he would be there playing because Bart's terrified of him because he's constantly beaten up by him. He made, well, they, oh, no. In the last episode, they became friends because both their mothers were in prison. Well, yeah, that's true. They got us. He still, they got us. He still stuffs leaves down Milhouse's shirt wherever he gets... Or crud down Milhouse's that's shirt. That's why Milhouse is sitting on the couch, on the couch. away from him. <laughs> Who knows? So they put the train on the racetrack and... See it melt and they're all like, oh, cool, whatever. So then it watches Krusty on television. So, you want ventriloquism, do you? All right, watch this. Hello, Alphonse. I've got a riddle for you. Why is a raven like a writing desk? I don't know. Why is a... Hey, that dummy can't hurt you. He's not even alive. He's dead. The sound effects of the dummy's head imploding. Yeah. Brilliant. It's just... It has a real hollow feel to it. Like, you feel dummy brains being, punch, being punched in. And the fact that he's... And he kicks it towards the kid. <laughs> <laughs> the kids all scatter. Oh. I want that animation style the, of the kids screaming at this dummy. The fact that Krusty puts a fake mustache on to hide the fact that he can't be a ventriloquist. <laughs> I know, right? I was going to say as well. Like, that's genius. The fact that... They could have just done that normal thing of animate him talking out the corner of his mouth, but they've gone, no, no, what would what would happen in real life if someone couldn't do it? They'd wear a big fake comedy moustache. That's <laughs> It reminded me of Atlanta Falcons. Yes. Yeah, yeah. covering the mouth. Oh, Super Bowl, by the way. I know, I was going to get to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well done, Patriots. What the fuck happened then? Yeah. I was watching it right now. I was sort of hoping the... Not Let's hoping w- the Falcons win, but I was like, yeah, it'd be nice to see the underdogs win. Yeah. And I'm building my But millenni- then the Patriots became the underdogs. And, and I'm building my Millennium Falcon Lego. And no shit, there was eight minutes left. They were like 20 points behind. And then the commentators had clearly tuned out. Yep. They weren't even interested anymore. I'm like, eh, this is over. Neither was Mark Wahlberg, apparently. I know. I turned it off. And then people start sending me through messages on the Facebook page saying, oh, you should have the um, Patriots thing out as the greatest blunder of the century. Yep. Forbes named it. But the, 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 the Patriots comeback. And I was like, oh, yeah, is it because their comeback was a failure? Yeah. 
And someone goes, no, they, they won. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you fucking got it. Can't be serious. How did the Falcons lose that? Well, Brady. Anyway. He, yeah. That's a discussion. I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to derail it too much. It was more that I We'll just, discuss it in the VIP. I wanted to make a topical reference and yeah, yeah. say, Super Bowl yes. <laughs> happened. <laughs> Speaking of, quick plug, this month's Patreon exclusive Sunday cruddy Sunday in because it was a Super Bowl yesterday mm. so we figured tie it all in also for a little tidbit out there for trivia fans probably should save this for the actual podcast about it Sunday cruddy Sunday was also the name of an episode title of the spin-off of MASH after, after MASH. MASH have yes. you ever watched it? no it's only got three of them in it yeah uh, Radar no. Kling- yeah Radar Radar, Klinger and I can't remember who else and the Colonel oh yeah. no it's got four of them because it's also got the um, it's Radar in it Yes. Okay. And it's also got the the Reverend. Th- oh, I'm sure he's in it. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure Radio Working in a radio station or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. So, uh, but you know, as we said, they're watching it on TV. Krusty's just pretty much losing the plot. He's trying to, he's pulling the straws, just trying to figure out yeah. how can I get my ratings back. Yep. The newspaper by Gabo Fabo, Krusty Rusty. There's a lot of newspaper headlines in this episode. And there's a lot of sub-headline jokes as well. Yes. The, the last one's the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is where we get your trivia question that Krusty's offering everybody. $40 checks if you... Is it just watching the show? Yeah. So he's just... Dying just straight. watch and I'll send you a check for $40. Clearly hasn't run it through the um the producers or anything because the checks will not be... Yeah, or his accountant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what was it that checks Check, will not be on it? Checks will not be on it. <laughs> so good. Uh, and then we get... Just to emphasize the, the Gabo's popularity. Phenomena. That Quimby gets off a major... Well, not just political scandal, murder. Yes, <laughs> using the using <laughs> murder, people's money, murder, and conspiracy to commit murder and tax fraud, um, or electoral fraud, or or certainly some type of fraud gets off it with "I'm a bad little boy." Everyone cheers, and then the, like I love that headline. So it's you know something. Um, mayor wins by landslide. Mayor wins by landslide, one. and then the subline: two more wash up in city harbour. <laughs> two more bodies. <laughs> I know. How good is it? Um, cutting to Krusty now, and. Because he's lost Itchy and Scratchy, everyone's just jumping ship. Yep. Um, he's realised that he has to now look for the Soviet-type cartoons. The Soviet Union's favourite cat and mouse team. Worker and Parasite. Well, and when it cuts back, for, the, the cartoon is just ridiculous. Yeah. I've read... The that, look on his face when it comes back. It's, it's like a it's famous shot. one of my shot. favourite ever crusty images. It's perfect for a meme. of If yeah. someone puts something on Facebook that you do want to look at, you're like, the fuck was that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but apparently David Silverman, um, when he was making uh, this Worker and Parasite cartoon... Mm. Xerox, is that like a fax? Xerox? Yeah, Xerox yeah. was a brand of fax machine. So he Xerox and Xerox and Xerox over and over oh, and over right. again to make it look shit. That's yeah, how okay. he did it. Yeah, yeah. It's like the old school when they were talking about driving with some frame tie, like some of the um, film tied behind their car and roughing it up on road. How cool is that? Yeah. It's, yeah, I know. Proper filmmaking. Yeah, I know, right? So Krusty's just, the show's done for. Like everyone's just leaves. He says, what the hell is that? Cuts to the crowd and everyone's gone. Yeah. Everyone's just left. You kind of feel sad for Krusty here because he's done nothing wrong. He's just doing what he's always been doing, but yeah. he hasn't Suddenly evolved they don't like the him anymore. Yeah, because there's something bigger and shinier. Another comment on the fickle nature of Springfieldians. Yeah. In how quickly they dump it, him. And then really, and then later, how quickly they dump Gabbo. It's not really mob. Is it mob mentality, though? A little bit mob mentality. A little bit because they're sort of all sheep mentality, is that, which I guess is mob mentality. Much the same. Because, yeah. I don't want to kill somebody, but, you know. Well, mob mentality, mentality is not always anger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Come back from commercial and Krusty is revealing to his team that they've been cancelled. And they sort of says, well, he says something once you can this make sure. Great. Sorry, like the whole speech is fine, but just that 
you guys are like a family to me. As soon as Sideshow Mel starts to talk, shut your hole. Yes. <laughs> I look. <laughs> threatens to punch him. It's like Smithers and Burns. Yeah. It's like Burns knows Smithers loves him, but doesn't want him to actually say it. And Krusty yep. knows that Mel. I didn't realize this was a some, like a seed planter for later in the episode. For later on in the episode. Yeah. yeah. I never yeah. sort of picked up on that. Um, now, they mentioned, Krusty mentions here the whole, we've never really done a bad show. That's something we can pride ourselves on, except for the week we had Ray J. Johnson. I thought, who the fuck is this Ray J. Johnson? Yeah. That's also a sea plant because that's who Gabo gets once to come yeah. back special aye, aye. <laughs> Look up Ray Johnson Jr. on mm. YouTube. It's the guy. And he, he was like kind of like the ugly Dave Gray kind of character where okay. he would play a character, but his stick was, um, you, can you can call, call me Ray. Ray. You can call me Ray J. You can call me J. Or you can call me RJ. And he goes on and on and on and on and on. And there's like a 30, 40 second clip on YouTube. Just of that. Of just him. And it's like of a home video. And someone's obviously sitting like his agent or something says, Hey, uh, Ray, what's going on? And then he does the bit. And then that's the end of it. It's so fucking awkward. And that was a thing that people liked that, for a while. Apparently he used to go on TV shows. And, and just do that. The gag was that when people would go, all right, that's enough. That's what the funny part was. So it wasn't actually his bit. It was people stopping him. That's what was funny. That was apparently a thing. Yeah. He would go on and on. There was a comic act that I saw at the Melbourne Comedy Festival a few years ago that only performed two lines of a song over and over and over and over again. And it was something like Christine Brown is a horse or something. Um ironically, despite the fact that they sang them all the time, I never quite caught what the lyrics were. But it was like, Christine Brown is a horse. Christine Brown is a horse. Look at him dance. Look at him go. Christine Brown is a horse. Something like that. And every time, like, there would be moments where they would pause and you would think they were about to go to the next bit, but then they'd just dive back into it with the same level of enthusiasm. How long for? Minutes. Like, four to five minutes. And you would... There's just this bit, like, first few lines, kind of funny. And then lost the crowd and then there's a lot of what the fuck's going on but eventually it just becomes so silly that you can't help but laugh at how is it anger how laugh, determined though? it is some of it might be anger laugh some of it is it laughing or is it just like okay I respect you for getting up on stage and having the balls to do this kind of it's like drunken silly laughter like it just becomes so much that your brain kind of almost becomes gives up that's yeah. it, I'm Yeah, it does. It just puts its hand up and you're left with nothing to do <laughs> but giggle like fucking Jack Nicholson at the end of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. It's basically the com- comedy form of a lobotomy. Is, where that, they- is that good comedy though? Um, or is it more method You acting? know what? If it gets a laugh at the end of the day, yes. It's more of an experiment than comedy. Yeah, it's more a social experiment. Yeah. I'm glad I was not there. It was rough. <laughs> How did it end? Like, how did they transition? They just stopped. How fucking bizarre. Anyway, so Krusty then goes to visit Carson because Carson's obviously recently retired. Yeah, wants to know how do you how do you move on with your life yep. when you're not in the entertainment industry, and pretty much it's here that it's revealed that Krusty has no money. Yeah, because Carson's like, well, surely you've saved, and yeah, you no, know, Krusty doesn't know how to look after his money yeah. at all. I like that Carson's like a mentor for him. Yeah. I thought Carson would be a mentor in real life. For a lot of people, I'm sure he would have been. Yeah. I've got here, the animation of Carson is just fantastic. Like, the having the guests over. Yeah. His, his life is like his show. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, that, that's a great joke. It's just the, the golf swing. and oh, Carl so Sagan great. would be a great dinner guest, by the way. Do you know who Carl no. Sagan is? He's an um, astrophysicist. He kind of predates Neil deGrasse Tyson. He was like the Neil... White, but the Neil deGrasse Tyson of the 80s and 90s. Why would it be a good dinner guest? Because he's... Fucking smart and just ask him can anything. talk about amazing things in a way that makes sense. 
Like yeah. you can break it down to, you know, just levels that we can understand. So that's the difference between listening to somebody who's using big words, but you know they're making sense. Yeah. And someone like Russell Brand who just uses big words to make himself sound intelligent. Does he use big words? Doesn't he just end like icky, ooky, wucky stuff to the end of normal words? He just just uses very descriptive words when he's talking to make himself sound. Have you seen his Facebook page? Go from Carl Sagan to Russell Brand in the same sentence. Because they're apples and like they're complete opposites. Okay. That's what I'm trying to say that Russell Brand is terrible. (laughs) Anyway, where did that come from? (laughs) Because I saw the Facebook post he put up today and he's Uh, just, oh, he's just anti political fucking, ugh. Anyway. Anti shower. (laughs) Russell Brand just looks like he would never wash. No, he'd wash. I don't think he's ever bathed. I, I reckon he I might. think he did that thing of like he kissed Bart Simpson style. He kissed Katy Perry. He he held her body to his <laughs> body and said, I am never washing this skin again. <laughs> and for good reason. <laughs> so we get to Krusty auditioning for Melrose Place. Melrose. Which was a nice touch. <laughs> and the, the nose squeak. Yeah. It's just a funny gag. It's just a funny... Yeah. Yeah. It's just, there's nothing to it. It's just a funny oh, it's, gag. It's, again, it's part of selling... And underscoring the fact that Krusty doesn't know what to do, and he can't, he can't even succeed at a Melrose Place audition. Mm. So then he gets. To it would have been nice to maybe see him trying some comedy, some improv comedy or something. Yeah, something. Yeah, I know they ended up doing that with an episode down the track, but, but he's not really. A, he's not a comedian though. They, they, that's exactly right. That's why yeah. it would be nice to see him trying to do that sort of stick. Yeah, because they do that in the episode "The Last Temptation of Crust," where yeah. Jay Leno's yeah, the yeah. guest and whatnot. Yeah, or a kids' party or something like that. Yeah, well, like um, Homer did, dressed as Krusty. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's again, if the episode was longer, their episodes are short. Their ways yeah. that they could have explored this little patch a little bit more. The horse race was funny, sort of to emphasize that he actually has no money now. Yeah, this is my last ten dollars. Don't look at me. Don't come over here. <laughs> but then I like it that he just sort Where's of. Where's the jockey? Yeah, that is true. <laughs> I don't have no idea. Sort of greyhound race, is it? Uh, it's it's just sort of nice too that Krusty just accepted it. Yeah, like he's just like oh. Whatever, you know, <laughs> didn't didn't yell at the horse. Gabo then does the patent crank call, crank call, which he stole from Krusty, who yeah. he stole from Steve Allen. Yeah, another st- steal on the bit thing. And get a great joke from as soon as you hear Krusty get after like this little scene. Is that what the? Oh, if this is anyone but Steve Allen, you're stealing my bit. It's funny and depressing. The ooh blood, like that's what Krusty's willing to go to. Yeah, himself in the head with the, with the telephone till there's blood. Yeah. But the, his initial reaction to the race is, ooh, me, wacky, very much. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it's hilarious. Was this the, um, uh, oh, I, I forget the voice actor's name, but the, the guest that was also the waiter in the Japanese restaurant for the sushi? It's the same, same Oh, voice? um, the guy from Star Trek. Yeah. Um, was it him or was it just oh, fuck, Hank? What's his name? He was meant to be the monorail. George Dekai? George Dekai. That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um... Is he I, in the I guest? I don't think he's listed. Okay. Uh, no, he's not listed. No? no. Okay. This does sound very similar to him, though. Mm. We also get, during the prank calls, or the crank call, as they call it, a reference to Krusty auditioning for a porno film. Yeah. Hit <laughs> the lowest of lows. Yeah. And not doing very well. No, it's apparently... Yeah, he was nervous on the day. Let's yeah. just say that, yeah. So, then we get... But, but Bart's pretty much saying here that he's going to try and ruin Gabbo the same way that yeah. Gabbo's ruined Krusty. At least he says, two wrongs don't make a right. This bit of dialogue here, I always remember it's from like a mini doco and it's on one of the DVD sets as well. Okay. A behind the scenes doco of The Simpsons where you actually see Nancy and Yardley and Dan. Oh, doing it back and forth. Act this scene. Yeah, that's cool. I think it's, it's like one of the only bits of footage where you see the actors acting the dialogue. It's yeah. really cool. I'm pretty sure as they aired it on Channel 10 like the 90s, I think you can find one of the DVD sets. But yeah, just the two wrongs don't make a right. Yes, they do. And then Homer says, yep. two wrongs make a right, Lisa. Yeah. You know what I noticed about this particular scene? Yes. We were eight or so minutes into the episode. I think it's Homer's third line. 
Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he, he has not featured. Does he speak after this? Uh, he does have one or two, but like he, this episode is probably as when as little as this? you ever see from. Oh, Homer. when um when Krusty goes to live with them and looking at the wall, at Moe's. Oh, Moe's, yeah, yeah. So he has a couple moments, but like he's such a he's relegated to the background, and you don't even realize it though, do you? There's so much else going on. Yeah, all the celebrities take up the time, mm. I guess. You, oh, you barely even see any of the Simpsons, to be fair. Do you feel the cast would have looked at this the same way as Homer at the Bat, where they just not despised it, but just didn't like it because it focused on the celebrities? Oh, but I feel like they focused no, more did, on a character in this one as opposed. Yeah, it just wasn't the Simpsons characters, but there was still enough of uh, Krusty and Brockman, and like there was a lot for other people to do, particularly Krusty, but it wasn't so heavily skewed as Homer at the Bat. Because the... Hammer the Bats more has a lot more baseball players talking amongst baseball players, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Whereas this was always the celebrities interacting with other members of the show. Yeah. So Bart goes to the studios where they film Gabbo, mm-hmm. which I guess was directly across the street from Krusty Studios. Uh, well, according to the lines, yeah. Uh, Gabbo starts calling all the kids SOBs for no reason. Yeah. They don't have the little SOBs. Clearly, all the children in Springfield are SLBs. Yeah, it's just all for no reason. Just says it. So he's saying it during the commercial and the puppeteer, do we hear his name? No, I don't think so. I'm sure his name's out there somewhere. I'm sure he's got a name. But um, he's saying, quiet, quiet. Like he's having a conversation mm. with himself. Well, you know, sometimes you do these things for the crew when you think the cameras are off. You're just trying to entertain the camera. That's what it was, like, like the, the aggro clips. Yeah. The Christmas tapes. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, play them at Christmas time. Uh, Bart then tells the wise guy, who was being the cameraman at the time, yep. that, that there was a bawdy limerick a written body, on the body wall. A limerick, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just races straight off. Yeah. I'm quite lowbrow. Bart then pushes record, and obviously everyone sees Gabbo saying, every kid in Springfield is an SLB. Yep. And you think this is going to be the turning point, which yep. I like. Yes, which it isn't. And yeah. then the Brockman. nice little switch. Well, I think it was going to be until Brockman ruined it for himself. He, he took the heat off him. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Brockman says the exact same thing yeah. as he's this, reporting. Like it. language like this has no place on television. I love how smug Brockman looks as he folds his, just shuffles his paper. <laughs> That'll all hold the little SLBs. It's a kind of like Brockman in trouble. Perfect for Harry to deliver. Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah, the next and this was the headline that you were referring to as being the best one. No, 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 no. Oh no. Wait. Okay, well I I really like this, but it's like Gabo still number one. Brockman fired. My, mine's coming up. It's coming up a okay. bit later. Um, so Bart and Lisa then find Krusty on the street holding the sign. We'll drop pants for free. He is yeah. at absolute for food. for food. Sorry, absolute rock bottom. Um and. Basically, no one's doing it. Yeah, because the other guy's giving it away Because the old Jewish free. guy's just seeing an old grey man doing it for free. Yeah. Which, for some reason, as a kid, I always thought this was the funniest part. I, <laughs> I guess because it's a visual... Oh, you're a simple boy. I was a simple boy. <laughs> <laughs> Grown into a, a bigger a, simple boy. You're a dull boy, Billy. <laughs> uh, Krusty's just pretty much given up. You know, 35 years and nobody remembers me. Just like that guy. What's his name? Yeah. And, and who was it? The guy that always wore a shirt. Ed Sullivan? Yeah, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kids then notice on the wall in Krusty's apartment. Does, see, Krusty, lives in, he lives in the apartment. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, though, in Bart the Finky, he has a mansion. But we've all, up to this point, we've always seen Krusty in an apartment. Well, after the comeback special, things are looking ah, good. Of course, so, yes. Uh, Kids notice that he's obviously friends with a lot of celebrities. Got all the photos on the walls. Luke Perry, he reveals he's his half-brother. Yep. I love the visual here. Begrudgingly. Yes, but not, not even that. He, he's a big TV star. Yeah, on Fox. His <laughs> tongue sticking out. Scrudges his face up. Oh, it's a great way of taking the piss out of Fox. Then, who else is it? Uh, Bette Midler, they Bette see Midler. a photo of, and probably Hugh Hefner or whatever. Um, kids say, well, what have we planned a comeback special? And Krusty thinks it's a great idea, so mm. he gives them the address book. I love here. It won't be easy. 
but I'm gonna claw my way back onto TV. Old gray mare, she ain't what she used to be. Ain't what she used to be. Ain't what she used to be. And now, the crazy old man singers. Old gray mare, she ain't what she used to be. Ain't what she used to be. Sort of showing that TV has just gone to shit. Yes. Now, I initially wrote this that kind of like these days, but TV these days is actually better than it was back then. It's actually probably better than it's ever been because the, well, a, the, the high end TV. Yes. Because the, the there's so much variety out there now. There's yeah. so much to. I mean, if you go on Netflix, for example, I started watching Stranger Things, as you know. Yep. Great show. You've got Breaking Bad. You've yeah. Got the Wire. There's, I mean, if you are willing to look for it, there is great television out there. Being a TV actor doesn't have the same stigma about it that it used to. That said, there is still a whole bunch of trash. Oh, I, and it really bothers me when you listen to the radio, in Australia anyway, and they say, the highest rated show on television, My Kitchen Rules. No. I was like, oh, fuck me, how is that the most highly rated show on television? Mm. But anyway, so go to commercial and come You're back. a dull population, Australia. You're very dull. <laughs> Do you Trump call our Prime Minister um, Trumbull? Trumbull. Well, not, not Trump, <laughs> Trump, but he's Trump's dude. Um, uh, <laughs> the press secretary, um, what's his name? Twice. Yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> the kids are then talking to Midler on the highway. She's collecting up rubbish. Sean, Sean Spencer. I think that's his name. Sean someone. Anyway. Uh, and she, as we said, she would only do the episode if they showed that she was right into being an environmentalist yep. and collecting rubbish. She this hunts is, down Snake. Yeah. This is I thought be, this was going to be your favourite moment. It was... Well, it was until I Mo. thought if, if it wasn't sending the clans, it was, it was going to be Until Mo happened. Yeah. It was. I did forget about the second guy. And his I'll scream. Get this, yeah. I'll get you for this, Midler. I think Snakes is funny though. Oh no! Well, he's just, he can't believe it. He knows he's absolutely fucked. Well, yeah, that is true. That like he not only recognizes Bet Midler, but recognizes the immediate danger that he's in. There is no way of getting out of this. Yeah. Oh like- shit! <laughs> oh no, Bet Midler. Now where were we? We were asking you to appear on Krusty's comeback special. Okay, tell Krusty he can count me in. It's time to take out the trash. I'll get you for this, This is where the episode really kicks into gear with the guest stars. We've had a couple of, up to yep. this point, but Carson and Barry White, I guess you can call them a guest star, but, yeah. but well, up, up, up to now, this is where yep. they all start, you know, really kicking into gear. But then goes to visit Hugh Hefner's Shelbyville pad. Mm-hmm. Um, how did he get in there? I have no idea. Well, because he's got Krusty's friend, Krusty's address. Yeah, maybe. Possibly. Krusty gave me this. I need to see Mr. Hefner. Bit of a throwback to New Kid on the Block with the bubbles. Yeah, I love <laughs> the bubbles again. So good. Also, the best line from this entire scene. After Hef talks about how the bunnies wanted to put in a desalination plant, smart bunnies, Hef. Yes. I can call you Hef, can I? Can I? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're not expecting him to say that. Yeah, but I just love Bart. So condescending from a 10-year-old. Smart bunnies, Hef. Ah, I lost my shit. What, why was it, why are they smart too? Uh, the plant, because the grotto uses up too much water. Too much water, so they put in a desal plant. <laughs> and even the fact that there's bunny scientists... Like, he opens a research lab, and they're there wearing lab coats, but their bunny costume. I love the whole... Which is how it is. Like, what I love is that back then, that was just how you imagined it would be. And then Girls of the Playboy Mansion came out many, many years later. And you're like, that's what it's like for him. The, the whole time Bart's there is half trying to justify that he's not just a sexist pig. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, we've, got, we've got a lab. Granted, yeah. they're wearing bikinis or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
then the Red Hot Chili Peppers rock up at Moe's, which was your yeah. favourite. Just that, the, just that lie. It was so instant and so perfectly delivered. You told our agent this place holds 30,000 people. It does. We had 30,000 here last night. Now play. The audience is getting restless. We want Chili Willy. We want Chili Willy. We want Chili Willy. Another very, very popular line from this episode, which yep. when you're looking at it, probably is nowhere near the funniest line in the whole episode. No, but, but somehow it just... Seems to be quotable. Yeah. So then... It's got Willy in it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, Bart then is, rocks up because he wants to talk to the Red Hot Chili Peppers and they'll agree to do the show if you can get him out. Yep. Mo, look over there. Why? Why? What am I looking at? There's a little part here that I love... It's where Mo says, is that it? Yeah. <laughs> Just as I was about to walk in. Like, yeah. he really believes there's something there. Yeah. He's really trying to look for something. There's nothing there, but he's just like, maybe it's that little crack or whatever. Yeah. Sucks in Homer, doesn't he? Yeah. Sure, but it'll cast you. My wallet's in the car. <laughs> <laughs> what an idiot. Goes back to the wall. <laughs> that 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 shot of him staring at the wall. Yeah. It's great. And the next scene, I love the way that they were able to get Elizabeth Taylor into the episode without even getting her into the episode. Yeah. Like, it's that... Just like how you're going through all these people and they're all agreeing instantly. It's like some kid was asking you to come on the Krusty Comeback special. I told him to buzz off. Good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what I thought too. I forgot that she's not actually on the special. Yeah. But yeah, it's so great. And then we'll she, get to her comeback yes. later on. <laughs> but that, who is that guy? Just like the doorman? Well, it's her, I'm presuming, agent. Because she says yeah, later, she I've says, got to find yeah, That's what I agent. thought. It just seemed like a random dude. That, like a At worker. the time, I thought doorman as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then we cut to the kids finding Krusty completely overweight because he's drinking those milkshakes. Diet shakes, right? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great... He's, it's put, like, he's um, put on a lot of weight in a couple of days. It's almost like a Scott Pilgrim... Bread makes you fat? I'm glad you showed me that movie. No, I couldn't believe you'd never seen it before. Yeah. This is what I do, listeners. I, I give <laughs> movies to people that I know will make their lives better. You definitely did with American Beauty. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect to see that chick's boobs, though. When she's showing the guy across the other side, oh, the next yeah. neighbour, mm. I was like... Yeah, they're going to show this girl's boob. She's like 10. <laughs> they're like, okay. They I, well, you saw the boobs. They, they're not 10-year-old's boobs. Oh, yeah, I know the other yeah, ones. Yeah. I was like, oh, I feel kind of awkward watching this. It's, yeah, it's one of those weird things when they cast an adult in the role of clearly a teenager. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't know if she's actually how that's legal supposed to be. Oh. <laughs> anyway. I'm anyone, just going to go look at naked Kevin Spacey instead. At least any, that I can feel comfortable with. Anyone who's seen the movie will know what I'm talking about or what we're talking about. So they said, Krusty's completely overweight. The kids say, come back, live with us, and we'll get you back into shape. Homer offers the pull-out couch. You know, it's actually ironic that the daughter... Do- sorry. The daughter in American Beauty, who's not slutty, you see her boobs, but First. Mina Savari, who is, like, just throwing it out there left, right, and centre, is always covered by rose petals. Yeah, because it's in his fantasy. Well, what do you know? <laughs> well, you see her boobs as well, though. Eventually. Now, you can stay with us until you lose that weight. You can sleep on the sofa. It folds right out. <laughs> Oh, wait, that was the old sofa. And then we get the next shot of um, Krusty and Marge exercising. Well, the workout montage. It's yeah. not just the exercise. It's I guess, a yeah, it's a whole montage, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, of just exercising. This gets used quite a lot as a cheese TV meme. Cheese TV for all you Australian okay. listeners out there. That when you wake up too early for cheese TV, and that's oh, Marge yeah, and Krusty. Right. Okay. Obviously, Oz aerobics. Uh, the next one is the... Well, this next one isn't a workout. It's, it's Krusty getting ready for the it's show. Still again. part of a montage. Yes, part getting, of the montage. Getting back yeah. to your best. It's Get, not getting, like, getting back into, into entertainment yeah. mode. Yeah, yeah. I was approaching <laughs> to give it your best, and you've got to reach your prime. Push it to the limit. I know, it's a different, I know it's a different song, but I just love that song. A lot of songs that I love, Dando, but let's keep it to the ones <laughs> that are relevant. <laughs> 
the hot pie to the face. So Krusty, his aim is terrible until one's too hot. It's the I have the tiger. Yes, and uh, Homer's reaction is great. Like that. Ah, ah, ah. Mm, delicious. Delicious. <laughs> yes, and the final one. This is great. So Krusty gets. Annoyed when he sees Gabo and punches Homer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Homer then sees port prices increasing. It goes back. And this is our first look at Homer's boxing skills. Is it? Unless you include the fight with Tom, but as no, far no, as he, he the Homer f- they fall. He had a fight with Barney and it was impersonating the fight that was on the TV at Moe's once. A really, really old episode. Oh, okay. Do you remember that? Remember that the commentator on TV was pretty much commentating their, their fight. Their fight. Yep, Okay. But he I, didn't have gloves on there. No, 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 it wasn't a boxing match. It was just a barroom brawl. Yeah, yeah just <laughs> Homer's ability to just take blows repeatedly to he the face. beat the shit out of Krusty. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and then we get a little Rocky parody. Yes. Krusty yeah. training. Speaking with, of Art the Tiger. Yeah, Krusty training by punching the ribs and Homer just taking a bite out of them off the bat. Raw meat. Raw meat. <laughs> I was like, you're in trouble, Homer. So then Krusty goes to see Sideshow Mel at work. He's trying to get the team back together. That Mel's Very still Blues got, Brothers, isn't it? Blues a little bit, actually, getting the band back together. I love that the, Mel's the, still the got dude, a bone. Yeah, he's here, yeah, yeah, yeah. The dude at the, what's the dude in Blue Oh, uh, the one at the chicken shop. They're like, come on, join the band again. Oh, what is his name? You know the guy I mean. Richard yeah. Franklin busts out a, a yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh shit, I can't remember that guy's name. But I do like that. <laughs> like my favorite line in all of Blues, Blues Brothers is in that scene. But fried what chicken? can I get you? Four fried chickens and a coke. <laughs> and a coke. Yeah. <laughs> oh, great. So, um, he eventually convinces and two slices of dry toast. I think for the other guy. You can't convince Mel at all. Mel, no. It was funny because Mel originally loved him, but do you think it's because he's had time to sort of take it in yeah. and realise he's seen the better side? He's seen the better. As he s- said, Mister Johnson treats him with dignity, he's a bit respect. This clown bothering you. Then also one of the most iconic lines from Pimply Face Teenager. Here's your taco, sir. I don't want it. But this comes out of my salary. If I had a girlfriend, she'd kill me. If I had a girlfriend, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because he's obviously dropped the taco in there. Oh, I said that many, many times as I was a teenager. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, Krusty then is practicing with Luke Perry, the bloom bit. (laughs) A 19th century carousel. (laughs) So he's upstage and Krusty's jealous of him, whether he admits it or not. And I love that Luke... He's so nice the whole time. I presume Krusty's the older brother because Luke still looks up to him and he wants to be on his show. He wants Krusty's validation. Yeah. And it's, There's uh, got to be something I can do. It's one of those things where you don't expect Luke Perry to be playing that role. Mm. Back in the day, he was a, he was a big TV star. Mm. It's just funny, as he said, to have him groveling to yeah. Krusty. What, what can I do for mum's sake? Yeah. yeah. And then Krusty imagines shooting him out of the cannon and you get that great, like, I don't know, time all time. Yeah. What, yeah, something like that of just his face all mushed up. Yeah. Krusty's like, <laughs> 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 He's got this lined up for him. Uh, the day of the show. Uh, this is my favourite. The newspaper, I don't know what the headline is, but the sub-headline is Gabo to have real boy operation. Oh, yeah, I did see that. <laughs> Which is why I'm like, is he actually a person or what the fuck's going on here? Maybe he's, maybe there's a bit of magic in Gabo. Yeah, possibly. Then he- Krusty is preparing for the show and he asks the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, he's, uh, this is, before we get to that, Gabo doesn't Gabo like smo- it. This is where Gabo's smoking. Yeah, yeah. like he's... He's now crusty. And he's aware that his run has come to an end. Because like, he's got Ray J. Johnson. He's got Hugh J- they've got Hugh Hefner, Bette Midler. Who have we got? A Ray J. Johnson. <laughs> Do you think they had him smoking too? Because that's what Krusty was doing when he first initially realised that the end is near. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. An, definitely. So Krusty then asked the Red Hot Chili Peppers to change their lyrics. Fantastic. Forget you, clown. <laughs> <laughs> now, boys, uh, the network has a problem with some of your lyrics. Would you mind changing them for the show? Forget you, clown. Hey, our lyrics are like our children, man. No way. Well, okay. But here will you say, what I got, you gotta get and put it in you. How about just, what I'd like is I'd like to hug and kiss you. Wow. That's much better. Everyone can enjoy that. 
This is apparently a take on when the doors were asked. I think it might have been the Ed Sullivan show. It's one of okay. those popular shows in the States. The lyrics to Light My Fire. And they didn't want to change Come it. Come on, baby, light my fire. Yeah. And I think it was also possibly one time Touch Me as well. Mm. They didn't want to play that live. They had to play something else. Yeah, right. Well, this is coming from a country that didn't allow the Beatles. Uh, sorry, the Beatles, Elvis, that got in trouble for putting Elvis on television because he was gyrating his hips. Yes. Well, it's, it's got here. I'll just read it on the page. So, the scene in which Crossy instructs the village to to change the lyrics is a reference to Ed Sullivan instructing the Doors to change the lyrics to the song Light My Fire. The poses of the Red Hot Chili Peppers in the scene were based on the movie The Doors. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to go watch that movie. Have you never watched it? No, it's got... Um, Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, if you like the band, it's pretty good. I didn't realise he got his wang out on stage once, but he does. Val Kilmer gets his wang Val, out. Val gets his wang out. Maybe yeah. he wrote that into the script. <laughs> <laughs> so, as we said, the special is happening now. It kicks off amazingly, doesn't it? <laughs> Sorry. I just... Val... <laughs> Jim Morrison, you going to do the new lyrics? Oh, yeah, yeah. I wrote them down. Zip. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, yes. Uh, the the new lyrics. What I'd like is I'd like to hug and kiss you. Everyone can enjoy that. Yes. <laughs> like, wow, that's much better. So the send in the clowns. It's just yeah. a fantastic moment, isn't it? Really, really great. Really great animated as well. Different shots, and different angles. Movie, yeah, camera angles are great. The big crusty are lighting up one letter at a time. Very, very cool. And then Mal coming in. As a surprise, because like he's already turned him down, yeah, and then gives it the, they're already here. It makes you just go, ah, oh, he actually came. Yeah, <laughs> I love you, Krusty. Quiet, quiet. <laughs> yeah, so that's the you know the thing they planted earlier. Luke Perry is then being shot out of the cannon. Yep, as it's we just great just visual comedy. It isn't is, it? yeah, but just also the my face, my valuable face, my valuable face. <laughs> what? Why is Mo? I don't know. Why is a poo selling acid? acid? It doesn't matter. On display in the middle of the <laughs> store. <laughs> it's just perfect for this gag. And the finally the the inevitable the pillow factory collapsing. Yep. I love that they can actually see it too. Yeah. Well, in, in the studio, somehow, from the studio, they watch all of it happen. Yeah. <laughs> Cuts to crusty. He doesn't know what to do. Then the red hot chili peppers are performing. They've got Flea here. Performing well, too. They've got Flea performing um, guitar. He's a bassist. Mm. They've got the guy, the other... (laughs) Well, there you go. Yep, the other guy's playing the bass. I did not know enough about the Chili Peppers (laughs) to pick up on that. (laughs) Well, I'm pretty sure he's... He is. Yeah, he's the bassist. Yeah, okay. So, uh, then Krusty is watching them. Funny gag in the sense that he's saying it's degrading their dancing in their underwear. He dresses like a girl. Yeah. Is it a girl? Uh, I think so, like a schoolgirl or something like that. curly blonde hair. Yeah. I want a bigger lolly. Yeah. Maybe it could be a schoolboy. It could be like a you know little Lord Fauntleroy kind of outfit. I always wanted to be on one of those kind of sketch shows. How fun would it be? Like a full frontal yeah. or one of the things. Like, did, did you ever see yourself being on one of those kind of things? I saw myself being on TV of all forms. But <laughs> if you could have one style of show, what would you be? Poor. Honestly, I... um. What would I think I would be or what would I want to be? What What do you think you would excel at the most? The panel. Just sort of like a, watching, or it's like, like a, a vodcast, isn't it? Kind of, yeah. But yeah, like a show like The Panel or Have You Been Paying Attention or something along those lines, I think would, would suit me well. I, I would love to be like on a, Sam a Pang. I'd love to be on a sketch show, but I don't know if I could pull characters off as well as they tend to need to be able to. You're more of that guy, sort of like Sam on it. Yeah. Every, painted, every like yeah. three or four minutes, you'll just throw yeah. it in. Little... I wouldn't be people's favourite person on the show, but the people that I was their favourite person, they would be telling everyone else, like, how fucking good is he, though? <laughs> It's funny, you mentioned the panel a few episodes ago, and it made me get out my The Best of the Panel Live CD. Oh, may I borrow that? 
Yeah, but it's not the people though. What? It's the live performances. Oh, the, the live performances on the panel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, why are you so excited? posh. It's just music, dude. Why are you so excited? <laughs> oh, I can listen to Casey Chambers some other time. <laughs> um, the first song, Alex Lloyd, amazing. It's absolutely atrocious. Mm-hmm. That sucks. <laughs> Uh, so then it cuts to Carson. Carson. Juggling the car. What do you got? Some jokes for us, Johnny? <laughs> yeah. Actually, Crossy, I was going to do this. Just picks up a Buick. Juggling a car. Then it gets to Taylor watching. The, on the, watching Carson on the TV. Elizabeth Taylor, yeah. Just yeah. shining a diamond. Yeah. Like, shining it, not paying any attention to the TV. And you feel like that's what all the jokes are no, going to be. Nothing's changed. She's that she still doesn't in the same care. Spot. But still, without changing her... Like, without changing her persona one little bit, sees what Carson's doing and just... I have to fire that agent. So, well, that was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> then we get to my favorite, my favorite bit of animation whole episode. Just Krusty. He looks so much like Carson in that moment yeah. where he's just the, the lean. Yeah. Ex- oh. And the even the fact that they drew the background in of Springfield. Yes. The, like the similar. And I didn't realize that was something that Letterman kind of copied and carried over from Carson. To be yeah, honest. I thought Letterman was the first to do it. Yeah, and it wasn't until I I actually Google searched like just images of Carson and was like, oh, okay. Because Let- Letterman Letterman's took, Letterman's took over from Carson, did he not? No. Who? Leno took over from Carson. Yeah. Okay. Letterman was going to. That was what the whole brouhaha I was. I want to watch that movie. Have you watched it? No. I'm um, going to check it out. But yeah, like Letterman's was a much more detailed background set, whereas Carson's was kind of a little bit blurry and just a photo. Okay. So yeah. you couldn't actually see what it was? Not as much. Or you could sort of yeah. make it out, maybe. Yeah. So I feel like what they did in the show was a cross between the two. I hope that um, Midler and the Chili Peppers sang for their roles for this. I'm assuming they would have. I'm sure they would have. Yeah. Chili Peppers in particular. That sounded bang get, on. That, it sounded really good, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. Unless they just got a soundbite of the song and just played it. How cool would it be to just fucking work on the show and get big names excellent just mm. to perform? Anyway, so as we said, she sings Wing Beneath My Wings, which she sang for on the second last episode of Carson, apparently. Yes. So what was the finale of Carson? Would never have a clue. I just know that that happened on the second last one. See, I always thought that was like one of the final moments of Carson. No. How wrong I was. Well, it's one of the final moments. It's sort of... it's. It's put together with the Gives end of Carson. the though, opportunity to use one of my favourite words, penultimate. Penultimate. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great word to pull out if you want to sound intelligent in English. Then she says, you deserve an Emmy for this. And Krusty takes a jab at the Emmys, obviously. Maybe this is a jab that the Simpsons weren't winning the Emmys that they thought they should have won. Possibly. And then it's the finale celebration, like the after party. The after party down at, at Moe's. Moe's, yes. And just, now it, they want to be at Moe's. The undies joke as well. Yes, Get with the times, Mo. I say, if it feels good, do it. All right. <laughs> Don't snap my undies. He's <laughs> just, as I say, just fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> but before that, uh, we have Hepner with the cold fish. Now, I love they've got this machine at Universal Studios. The love. Oh, the love tester. Love tester. Yep. And I've got cold fish, just like you, Hefner. Good job. <laughs> Carson and says, now, make sure you save your money this time. And Krusty has not learned any lessons, as he, you assume he wouldn't. He's got the diamond-crusted nose ordered in yeah definitely and it is that great like not learning nothing's learned not learning anything he, like they've come in to help him get back into his feet and he's not learned a single lesson yep which you need in comedy Seinfeld proves that yes that's better, true it's better when people don't move on Krusty then thanks the kids and realises they get 50% of the shirt sales and is not impressed with this at first because that's the sweetest plum that's the sweetest plum <laughs> and um, but then eventually he realises you know you deserve it and then Bart makes the toast Krusty, the greatest entertainer in the world, except, except maybe, maybe that, that guy, guy yeah. which is Carson, Johnny Carson, just balancing Abe and Jasper on his head on a board, playing yeah. the playing a um, what are they called? I should know this accordion, accordion. That's it. Yeah, um, the Simpsons theme. He's playing at yeah. the end. Yeah, a great finale for season four. Wasn't yeah, it? It, it it really is. It's a way to go out with a bang. What did we learn, Palmer? So, what did you learn from this episode, Mitch? I learned that Johnny Carson is a little bit superhuman. 
He is indeed, yes. It's a lot more than we realised. Mm. I just learnt that Ocho means eight in Spanish. Oh, well, there you go. I actually learnt something. You can actually take that somewhere. Yeah, I actually can. <laughs> one, I'm... two, three, four, five, six, seven. Fuck. Yeah, I was going to say, if you could just figure out <laughs> one through ten. I'll be fine. Yeah. Jamil! Jamil is here! Ooh! So now it's time for the mailbag. Before the mailbag, should I now think now the it's $5 time to patrons? Get, yeah, let's shout out the $5 patrons. If you want to go for a piss break, now's the time, Mitch. Because there are a lot of names to read out. Should I read out half and then read out half of the next one? Probably. All right. So I'll read out up to a certain point, And then if you don't get your name read out, don't worry on the very next episode. So thank you to Card Shark Comics, Alden Simonoff, Liam Reed, Dan Chalkley, Bobby Bain, Langdon Ulga. Yeah, Langdon Ulga. Do you know that name? That's um, the name of the boy that Lisa has a crush on and Bart on the Road. Tress McNeil play that character. <laughs> Jack Howard. A, so I, I mentioned in the last episode, I caught up with some people while I was over in WA, yeah, yeah. some patron um Brendan supporters. and who? Cal. Cal. Uh, second question, like Cal sits down. Hi, how you doing? Yeah, good. How was the drive? Yeah, not bad. So what's the deal with you not knowing who Tress McNeil was? Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> You'll never live that down. No, apparently not. <laughs> Ridian Hughes, Liam Partlow, Daniel Mays, Jimmy Kennan, Nicole Kennedy, Nicole Colan, Andrew Citarella, Rob Meehan, Ashley Denneman, Jack Valente, Sirian Mitchell, Shuffle Huffle, Bryce Strobach, Shuffle Huffle, Janem Murray, Dead Glass Design, Corey Ferreira, Conrad McMenamin, Ryan McDonald or Ryan McDonald, Tank Hafer Tippen, God, these names are great, Hafer Tippen. Chris Turkington, Sophie Smith, Lewis McAuliffe, Mitch Dresser, and Lewis Bailey. Thank you to the people that have bothered to use their actual names. <laughs> It'd be a little bit easier to read out. Shuffle Huffle. That was easy to read out. Fucking tank. I know, right? <laughs> so if your name wasn't read out, don't stress. We'll read it out on the very next episode next week. If your name or your non-diplum was not read out. If you want to get your name read out, you've got to be a $5 or more patron on the Four Finger Discount Patreon page. Thanks to everybody who supported us so far. I'm going to have another Let's Play Up this week. I'm going to do two episodes this week, so I'll one hour. I'll do, I'm doing them mm-hmm. in half an hour spurts because you don't want to sit for longer than half an hour no. watching me play video games. So two half an hour spurts. Also, we're going to be doing this month's monthly review or uh, what's it called? The premium review premium is going to be Sunday, Cruddy Sunday. Yep. What movie do you want to do this month? I think I, I've, I've probably said like we're, five or six We're going to do Naked Gun. Let's, yeah, Naked Gun's going to happen, but let's do Super 8 because you're into okay, yeah. you're into Stranger Things right now and I think yes. Super 8 will fit in with that. What about American Beauty at some point too? Yeah, we can do American Beauty. I really liked that movie. Yeah, cool. Now it's time for the mailbag. The mailbag's here. Joe O'Hara went on an amazing seven-hour voyage and I'm going to try and tell a condensed version of what had oh, happened. This was a long email. He emailed to tell us what happened to him and a mate, fellow podcast listener, Ellie McDonald. Uh, thank you both for listening. After seeing the following, there was a BBC um, news article basically about some philosophy talks that were hanging on the back of The Simpsons. So they decided to go have a look at it and then report back to us. It was not at all what they were expecting. They were expecting to kick back and watch lots of Simpsons clips on a Saturday whilst discussing bits of philosophy. That had sort of been done in the past with the likes of Simpsons and their mathematical secrets by Simon Singh. What actually happened was a full seven hours of philosophy lectures and seminars with about 20 minutes of The Simpsons shown. There were the two youngest people there, (laughs) 27, by a long margin. The oldest would have been in their 80s. It could have gone two ways, but he's happy to say that they really, really enjoyed it. They took episodes of Bart the Genius, notably the discussion on free will in the Egghead's classroom to look at morality and what it is to be moral in modern society. For the second episode. (laughs) I know. And the nature of free will as defined by Plato in morals. Focusing on the statement, how can you be moral if you have no free will? If everything is decided on past actions, 
how can you change the future if said key events have led you to this point in space-time? Got all that? Yeah. Yeah, good. The next up was faith-based command morality. And, of uh, course, there was a lot of clips from the Flanders thrown in, including his favourite, Jose Flanders, to show how silly it is to take faith-based commands at face value. How long did this go for, by the way, did he say? Seven hours. Oh, man. Yeah. What I love is that in amongst all of this, he managed to like kind of get his own in and, and hold his own in the conversation. So... There was bits... The main point was that if God had ruled that babies were not to be tortured, then he has made it a sinful society to begin with um, by creating sick. Like, if if God says you can't torture a baby, but then he creates sickness that impacts baby, then society is sinful by nature. That was kind of what had happened. However, if he'd said that it's okay for babies to be tortured, then we're acting against our nature by caring for them. So, it's kind of one of those things that... It's it's almost like Schrodinger's cat, that at, at all times, no matter what happens, it's wrong and a dichotomy and blah, 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 blah. So that was what was sort of going on. The arguments were coming mainly from the more aged and religious side of the room who argued that morals indeed had to come from holy books until I pointed out that the American religious right under George Bush Sr. had said that the Simpsons should be more like the Waltons and less like the Simpsons. Sorry, Americans should be more like the Waltons and less like the Simpsons, that famous quote. However, nowadays, the religious right hold up the Simpsons as a case of a moral show. After all, they're the only mainstream show where the family goes to church every Sunday. Using this point, I deduce that if moral ethics have slipped that far since 1989, then surely morals can't come from millennia-old books. So there we go. One of our listeners, finally and like for a, all, it's like one of those disproving religion. I got a number. How yeah. do you like them? How apples? do you like them? <laughs> Mic drop. I'm out of here. So, that's about it. That email goes on and on and on, but that's probably the most interesting part. So, there's also a couple of good top 10 suggestions that he's thrown in there, and thank you very much for those. Yes. I now have some questions for you, Dando. I've got a Simpsons question and a non-Simpsons okay. question. What do you want first? Non-Simpsons. Non-Simpsons it is. This comes from Michael Trickerico, who, uh, lovely listener from New, from New York. York, has sent some gifts our way. We haven't got them yet, but I understand there's some T-shirts and DVDs are coming. Yeah, thanks for that, Michael. Hopefully, they're Region 4 DVDs, or I might need to go out and buy a new... Oh, you didn't even think of that. We'll figure that out. Uh, uh, yeah, Blu-ray players that multi-region. Ooh. PlayStation 4 is. Is it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Okay. We'll figure it. Yeah. The point is, thank you very much, yeah. and we will, <laughs> we will find a way to watch what comes. Uh, his uh, question, what musical groups, brackets, from Australia, close brackets, were slash are your favourites? ACDC was also always a favourite growing up. You kind of... Are, if you're doing something that's broadcast to the world, you're like legally obligated to say that as an Australian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a couple of bands that people in the overseas probably haven't heard of. Ballpark Music, I really do I enjoy. I Ballpark Music. Yeah, that's one of my fi- favourite live bands that I've ever seen. Oh, they came here and played a song in this house right here. Yeah, cool. They're, I didn't know that. Back when I used to do radio, yeah. I saw them at Andergrove, the Andergrove Tavern up in Mackay. They're um, so great live. They... Uh, and like... I'm not big on going to live acts where I don't know the music, so I was enjoying it, but I like being able to sing along. And then 16, 17 songs into their set, they busted out a cover version of Oh What A Night by Frankie Valli and fucking brought the house down with it. It was so great. They do a great cover also of Bohemian Rhapsody Live now as well. Oh, fuck, it's good. Check out them on Like A Version. Type Triple J Like A Version ballpark music. They do a great cover of Diane Young by Vampire Weekend on Triple J Like A Version. Make sure you check that out. It's fucking great. But um, yeah, ballpark music... While you're on Triple J like a version, be sure to look up Benfold Sleazy. Yes, okay, I've heard that's pretty good. Have you also seen the guys covering Share Believe? No. Oh, it's so good. Okay. I think it's the, the D something. I know that it's... Yeah. But they turn it into like 
uh, I don't want to spoil it. Just just watch okay. it. It's so good. Also, King Cannons, who are now no longer a band, but I really loved them. They were from Melbourne. Okay. Or slash New Zealand. King yep. Cannons, they were called. Yeah, yep. they were great too. Yep. Okay, cool. I was trying to figure out, do I give an, a real answer or do I say Taxi Ride? <laughs> why, why not? <laughs> the Imaginate album. They, they were on that the Best of the Paddle CD scene. <laughs> Creeping up slowly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm big on Grinspoon. Are they Australian? Yes. Good. <laughs> <laughs> You're a hard act to follow. Chemical Heart was a pretty sweet. Powderfinger is a good Australian band. Oh, Powderfinger is Powderfinger are up there in the, my all-time favourites. Yeah, the Whitlams. I, yes, I yeah. adore the Whitlams. Uh, I want to claim Ben Folds because he lives in Adelaide for midnight part oil. Of the time. Uh, yeah, until I realised how political, how massively political they were, and I like just in. I don't mind. I don't mind political songs, but like every fucking song gets a bit much for me. In excess of a great Australian band, yeah. And uh, one for the ladies. I really enjoy some of the singer songwriters of Australia. John Paul Young, (laughs) Johnny Farnham. No, I was going to. Daryl Braithwaite. I was going to say (laughs) Missy Higgins and Kate Miller Heidke. Two uh, two, female singers. Yeah, female (laughs) singer songwriters that I'm a big fan of. So there we are. There's some of our favourite Australian acts. Uh, The Simpsons related question. Living end. Yeah, Living End. Yes. Oh, well, early Living End. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pictures it, in the Mirror and Roll On, Living End. Prisoner of Society. Yeah, that is that as well. Yeah. Not White Noise, Living End. Eh, it's all right. No, it's not. Continue. <laughs> Fucking horrific. <laughs> Liam Reed, he's written in. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few weeks ago, we were listening to the Marge versus the Monorail review. This is an email for all listeners to get involved in, by the way. Okay. Uh, it's because we did My Two Cents for a while and we've done a few bits and pieces, but this is um, a new call out for your stories to please send them in. He felt a great swell of pride when we mentioned Homer's line about Andy Cap. Andy Cap was the rather misogynist, drunk um, sort of cartoon from, from Britain back in the 50s, I think it was. The reason for that is that Andy Cap originated in his hometown of Hartlepool in the north coast of England. Well, there we go. And the creator, Reg Smythe, lived on in the next street over from his. In recent years, a statue of Andy Cap was built and put on the headland looking out to sea. So we were a town that builds statues of wife-beating drunks. To give you an idea of what sort of a town Hartlepool is, we are fa- infamously known as Monkey Hangers Whoa. after... Oh, I've read this In bad. Springfield Lynch, Lynch mob style, the townspeople once hung a monkey that washed up on shores during the Napoleonic War, so we're going back quite a while, believing it to be a French spy. In more recent years, a local man faked his own death in a canoeing accident to, uh, to solve money problems, only to reappear six years later in Panama, crusty style. <laughs> so... With these in mind, he was wondering what have both us and our listeners, like what's happened in our town that we would consider as things that could have happened on The Simpsons? Buy a giant Christmas tree that floats. (laughs) Yes. Well, that ties in nicely with what I was going to say. Elect an absolute buffoon as mayor. (laughs) But yeah, we have apparently the Southern Hemisphere's biggest floating Christmas tree or something. Something like that. Because who the hell else would have thought of it? (laughs) It's a giant aluminium cone with LED LED lights on it. Yeah. It it's doesn't look like a tree, does it? No. It's not anything. Giant cone is what people were smoking before they thought of the idea, I think. Um, what about that dude that um used to run all the nightclubs and hit on your misses but now he's poor and walks the streets Oh, money. yes, 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 yes. Walks the streets checking vending machines yeah. for um for loose coin. And he once offered like your wife so much money to go home with him. Yeah. Um, held a, a fresh billfold of $50 yeah. notes up to his teeth. It sort of like bit on the notes yeah. to show, I think um, he might have had grills or something at the time. Uh, yeah. The, 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 the before uh, or after you? Oh, not after you, but you know, before, no, well, before, before it even matters. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I was going to say, what about a nightclub owner that just decided to brew his own alcohol and serve that from from said nightclub? How about the fact that um, when Geelong starts playing well at the AFL, all of a sudden the whole town starts barracking for them? Oh, there's that. <laughs> Holy, I grew up and there were about five Geelong supporters <laughs> in all of Geelong. Geelong wins one or two premierships. Suddenly every fucking business that you walk past has got stickers and memorabilia up just desperately trying to get, attract more customers. Yeah, it, it's like a night. It's it it. The Geelong Cats are the Springfield Isotopes. <laughs> exactly, that's what they are. It's the, what's the episode where they're, they're terrible? Then Homer finds out they're going to be in the championship game or something, and walks out the door, everything. comes back in, and he's covered yeah. in the merchandise. That's yeah. Geelong fans. Yeah, <laughs> people like me been members since I was four years old. Yeah, yeah, you're one of the good supporters. <laughs> A few of my friends are, but there were so many people that just came out of the woodwork like you wouldn't believe. Young girls, like you know, you go on Facebook yeah. or whatever, and you see like 13 saying, "Go Cats, you can do it." I'm like, you don't even know who the players are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who's your favorite player? Um, well, I, oh, I like all of them. Yeah. Uh, number three? Who is it? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Has a beard. Yeah, anyway. So, that's so the there's, bag, there's just a few. That's just Geelong. <laughs> Wait until I start talking about Mackay. <laughs> we want to hear your... <laughs> Actually, when I moved up to Mackay, like not long before that, I, uh, yeah, I was up there on holidays. I was like, better get the local newspaper. Just check what things out. The very first story I ever read about the town I was about to start calling home was about a woman on trial for assaulting a man in a car park with a dildo. Not sexually assaulting, mind you, but hitting him over the head like it was a baton. Well, she's, well, she's got just the only weapon she had handy she had the car. <laughs> at two in the afternoon. <laughs> that is, that, if you walked past and saw that, what would you do? Laugh. What could you do? You wouldn't report it. No. You start filming it, but what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I thought Geelong was bad. Yeah. No, Mackay's much, much worse. <laughs> so, tell us about your crazy towns. Yes. Yeah, what would happen in your town that could possibly happen on The Simpsons? So, thanks everybody for listening to our review of Crusty Gets Cancelled. That's season four all wrapped up and done. I'm a little concerned how fast we're getting through the show. But we're going to have to start developing an ex- exit strategy. As, uh, as BuzzFeed have said, good luck after season 13. How cool was that? Oh, yes. Thank you very, very much to Katie for submitting our humble little show to BuzzFeed's What Sort of Podcast Should You Listen To in 2017. Um, yeah. We were listed right above the West Wing Weekly, which you mentioned last week. Yeah. I got in t- which I got, is pretty sweet. I got in contact with him, and they thanked us for that. Hirushi? Yeah. Yeah, he wrote back to me saying, thanks, man. Really appreciate it. Your show's great. Blah, blah, blah. Seriously? Yes. That's phenomenal. H-R-I-S-H-I. yeah. If you had have said Josh Maliner, I would have thought you were making that up. But the fact that you went with Harishi, who is, you know, A, a harder name to pronounce, and B... Hopefully we've embiggened their audience by telling our audience about them or something. Where is this email? On Facebook. Well, Thanks for the support. Hopefully you've embiggened our audience by by promoting us or something, you said. Well... I can show you. All I can say to that is... Cheers, Brendan. Thanks for spreading the word and hopefully helping us in big in our audience, Harishi. Well, I'll reply to that in a moment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. That's what I do in my spare time. We'll get in touch. <laughs> but yeah, what? I'm a little warm. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, yeah, thanks to BuzzFeed for putting. This I feel in like I'm one step away from meeting Martin Sheen now. Like that's <laughs> in my head. I am on a plane and Martin is going to be at the airport. Well, he knows about that show now. Yeah. Anyway, so. Thanks for listening. Thanks to BuzzFeed for putting us in your 27 podcasts you need to subscribe to. Thanks to everybody for the support over the last couple of years. Coming up on the two-year anniversary in a couple of months. So, mm. season five is coming up. A lot to get, lot to look forward to. Yeah, some of my favourite episodes. The Boy Who Knew Too Much is one off the top of my head that I'm really looking forward to getting into. For Kate Fears. I think Kate Fears like the second or first yeah. episode. We've already reviewed it. So that's that's a, a week, week we off. get to take that week off. 
<laughs> um, please also, if you've got a spare couple of dollars in your pocket, Patreon, support us. Um, the more money we get, the more chance of starting a new podcast. We want to do a future on podcast, a Seinfeld podcast. If you subscribe to us for $2 or more, you get access to tons of premium podcasts each month. $5 or more, you get even access to even more podcasts plus videos and whatnot. If you go into patreon.com slash four-finger discount, I've actually fixed up our page. Do you want to have a look at it? I made it look really, really sexy. Oh, really? Come have a look at it. I've, I've, I've created... Oh, God, of course I are. <laughs> <laughs> that was I perfect. To, I went to go onto the page. There's and a Patre- picture of a fox. <laughs> Patreon is currently down for schedule maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> but basically now, if you go onto Patreon, if you're having trouble finding the podcast, because I found a few people were saying, I can't find this episode, I can't yeah, find that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. If you go on the PC version, on the left-hand side, it's got um, featured tags. That's in computers, not politically correct Yes, version. yes. There's uh, not another version out there that you're not aware of. If you go on featured tags, it's got movie reviews, Let's Plays, premium reviews, that kind of stuff, all in their categories, easily defined. And each new tier now has its own picture. Ah, nice. And name. So, yeah. Yep. So, go to patreon.com slash forefinger discount. One dollar or more will get you entry into our monthly draws. And this month, Mitch, reach into the bag and draw out which figurine the person is going to win, plus a $20 gift card courtesy of our friends at, at popculture.com.au. God, I'm so bad at spelling. He's drawn out... Tom Jones! It's not unusual. So, yes, you'll win a Tom Jones Simpsonized figurine and a $20 gift card courtesy of popculture.com.au. You can use that. We have to post you the gift card. We're going to send you the code, and you can use it on their website. Does he have the chains? I don't think they come with any. No, no chance. There's a microphone. Oh, really? He's got a prop. That's cool. I love it when toys come with props. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks again for listening to our review of Crusty Gets Cancelled. Tune in next week for Season 5 of Four Finger Discount. Mitch, any final words for the listeners? What's next? Shh.